A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, our last review podcast of the day for round three. We're going to go through the Sunday afternoon games at the Canterbury Bulldogs knocking over the West Tigers 26-22 in a bizarre little contest. And then we had the Canberra Raiders getting it done at home against the Cronulla Sharks, a little upset that we tipped this week, which was great to see. Uh, not the only upset of the weekend, obviously, we went through all the Saturday games uh, in the podcast before this one that you guys can go back and have a listen to. Some wild upsets there that I did not see coming personally, but let's get stuck into Sunday afternoon, round three, a scorching hot day in Sydney. It was pretty hot down there in the nation's capital as well, but at Belmore Oval, uh, a very hot day, obviously a big day for multicultural round, obviously something that means a lot to the Canterbury Bulldogs, uh, to the people and to the club, and I thought they did, uh, they put on a fantastic show. Talking to some people that are in the crowd, they just said they had an unreal day. There was people, I think, at half time walking around that were representing their heritage and the country they come from with flags and everything, which I thought was just an unreal little thing by the Canterbury Bulldogs. Great to see. Um, look, the Bulldogs, they won this one by four. I personally think they were the better side by a country mile, but they just went to sleep from about the 65th minute onwards. It was a bizarre... This was one of the stranger games of football I have ever watched. I mean, I don't think the Tigers deserve to be in this game in any way, shape, or form, but... Canterbury, they never really put them to bed. They had them on the ropes very early. A couple of really shit errors. Max King had an awful drop ball at the start of the game after points. I think they're set after that. Josh Adokar scored a try. Another very shit set. And you know what? Canterbury looked great, but... I mean, I look back on the tries they scored and, you know, a couple of long-range efforts. They had the intercept for that um, Paul Alamotti took that, you know, Adam Dewey just made life easy for him in that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Weird game, this one. I feel like Canterbury looked a lot better than what they potentially were and I felt like the Tigers looked worse than what they potentially were. So... A really hard game to take too much away from, but I thought Canterbury for the first 60 minutes, they looked sensational. And, you know, it was showing on the scoreboard. 
Uh, but probably not as much as w- what it should have. As I said, a really weird game of football. I, I don't know how heavy to go on this game or whatever. Uh, but, you know, Canterbury, 26 points. You'd be happy with that. Uh, I thought they were really strong through the middle. I thought they were dominating this one. I thought Reid Marnie had a cracking game. Some of his defensive efforts were fucking sensational. We saw Matty Burton return. Isn't it funny? Like, we, we look at his Supercoach scores over the last few weeks and, you know, 29 into a 30. Pretty disappointing. Um, lost the goal kicking this week. And scores 76, goes to another level. He was very impressive. Josh Adekar was great, obviously scoring two meat pies. He was very good. I thought Alamonte, this was a bit of a coming-of-age game for him, I thought. Did a couple of really nice things. Even that play, even though it looked like he was running on a treadmill, just to have the awareness, just when you got those, it wasn't even a two-on-one, it was a two-on-two, and I thought the Tigers' defenders off that intercept were really well-placed defensively. I thought they did as much as they possibly could. Alamotti could have really panicked there. He could have kicked. He could have done something stupid. He just controlled it till he drew all the guys in, then offloaded to Josh Adekar. Thought he handled it very well. Jacob Preston, um, obviously this was Timmy Williams' guy in the preseason. We spoke about him a little bit off the back of that, but fuck, he's impressive. Just going to have a look at his stats here. I thought he did some really nice things in this game, Jacob Preston. Uh, 136 run metres, three tackle breaks for Jacob Preston, 36 tackles, only one miss. So great to see there. Viliami Kiko had some really silky touches too. He did some really nice things. Uh, Max King, a lot of errors in his game, but still ran for 150-odd metres, 37 tackles, only missed two. How many errors do you have? Three errors. That's far too many for Max King to be having. Um, But I thought outside of the errors, he was pretty strong. Ryan Sutton was good. He was solid once again. Just just one of those toilers, isn't he, Ryan Sutton? Just went about his work. I thought Kyle Flanagan was pretty good. Uh, just held his own. Didn't have to. Didn't have to do too much. But just you know, just had to move the ball around. And I thought he did well. Uh, Matty Burton was obviously sensational. Avrilo, another nice game from Avrilo. He's just. I don't know. He's got something about him. Fuck, he's got a nice dummy half run, too. He picks his moments really well. Uh, a couple of tackle breaks there. Ren for 130-odd metres. Kiraz, though. Holy fuck. We captained him in Supercoach. We tipped him for many tries. And look, it was disappointing that he didn't score and he didn't go huge for captains, but 62 Supercoach points. Let's go through his stats. He had 25 runs for 283 metres. He's the Lebanese Brian Toto. He's an absolute fucking freak. And shout out to the guy that said that to me today that I've stolen that from. Uh, 25 run meters 280 sorry 25 runs 283 run meters 78 post contact 78 post contact he didn't have a line break 78 post contact fucking incredible six tackle breaks one offload he is an absolute freak Jacob Kiraz and I'm so glad to see him having the season that he is so far very very impressive uh Jade Norkenball he sat on the bench the entire game never got on Jaden Tanner limited minutes New Brown came on, sort of played that lock forward sort of role. Thought he showed a bit of, uh, you know, some some good leg speed there and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, uh, they'll, they'll be happy to take away this win, Canterbury. But um, yeah, I don't know. Weird game to try and analyse, to be honest with you. Just I don't know how the Tigers possibly got back into this game. I just feel like the Bulldogs, they just weren't able to quite put them to bed. Also, shout out to Hayes Perham. Uh, I've been very critical of him the last few weeks. Scored a nice try, 180-odd run metres, had a line break, couple of tackle breaks. I thought he was really nice in this game. Did, did, did some good things, which was really, really satisfying to see because I have had my reservations about him over the last few weeks and leading into the season as well. Uh, let's have a look at the West Tigers. Good God. Um, this might be... I don't even know how to describe this. This team looked fucking awful the entire game. I could not believe how much of a shit show it was looking like. And then you looked up and you're like, oh, my God. 
it's 10 minutes to go and they're down by four. What the fuck? How has this happened? I can't even... And I don't know. If you're a West Tigers fan out there and you disagree with my take on it, please let me know. But, I mean, Brett Naden, he took the intercept. Uh, he scored that try early. Outside of that, they didn't score until at the 60th minute. They looked awful up until that point. Um, but, yeah, Canterbury just weren't able to put them away. I don't know. Is it credit to the Tigers? They hung in there? I, I've got no idea. Um, you know, Luke Brooks... Uh, he set up a try for Charlie Staines late in the game. I thought that was almost definitely off a forward pass, but that was okay. I, I did think Brett Naden had a great game, to be honest with you. I really liked the footy that Brett Naden's playing. We tipped him as an anytime try score in our preview. He managed to get over. Uh, just had a car got over, which we tipped as well. And I think for Noah Bowl, he was our... Uh, well, uh, did we tip for Noah Bowl? I thought we did. Maybe we didn't. Uh, but I, I thought that he was a good shot for a try as well. Uh, he would have come in at, I reckon, $8.50 or so. But uh, I wouldn't have been confident betting on that one. Uh, but, yeah, look... Uh, I don't know what to say about the Tigers, eh? And you know what puzzled me even more? It was the late change of Adam Dewey to fullback. They pulled off a loomer off the field. I mean, he's been a club captain the last two or three years. I know he left and whatnot, but uh, I don't know. It's just it's just bad signs coming out of the Tigers constantly. But lost this game by four. I mean, I don't know how many teams would have gone to Belmore in multicultural round when Canterbury was blatantly up and, and, and competed in this game. So, look, I really don't know what to read into this game. I don't know how much to take from it. I thought there were some moments where Appy looked really dangerous and they looked to be a little bit more on ball with him this week. Obviously, Adam Dewey and John Bateman's first game together. Uh, Adam Dewey obviously moved to fullback eventually. When he was at 580, he was having a fucking shocker of a game. The poor bastard. I felt sorry for him. Um, Johnny Bateman's first game with the team. Uh, I just, I've said it before about Adam Dewey and some weeks I watch him and go, oh, you're a fucking idiot. Then other weeks I watch him and go, maybe I'm on the money. I just, I'm not completely convinced he's a 5'8". I'm just, I don't know what he is. I'm just not convinced he's a 5'8". For me, and this is my problem I have with him and John Bateman on that edge, and I've sort of said it a, a few times, more so when we're talking um, super coach, when we're talking John Bateman and stuff, but I just... John Bateman likes to get either early ball or he likes to come under you and you just give him the ball and he goes back against the grain. You saw how he almost scored that try today where he kicked for himself. That's where he loves his, He loves to get early ball and he loves to go unders. And respectfully to John Bateman, if he's not getting that, he doesn't really want to do anything else. That's been my assessment of John Bateman over the years that I've watched him play. Now, when I watched... Adam Dewey play, he's got a brilliant running game. He's a run first 5-8, and if he's not running, he's throwing a premeditated cutout pass to the sideline, and which has worked for him on a number of occasions. Don't get me wrong, that that, that left-to-right cutout ball he's got is sensational, but I just, I'm not sure if these two are going to gel together, and I said it in the preseason, and today didn't fill me with confidence. The one time John Bateman actually ran a normal line like a, a like every other back rower, Adam Dewey threw him a hospital ball and he got absolutely fucking pounded into the turf. And I, I'm not sure if I want John to be doing that because I'm not sure if that's John's strength. Everything I've watched of Johnny Bateman is him just getting early ball and creating something out of nothing or him coming unders against the grain and creating something. I'm just not sure if it's going to work on that edge. And to be honest with you, when Isaiah Papaliti's back, I would seriously consider just putting Bateman in the 13, letting him fuck around through the middle. And I would consider playing Asu Kapoa on the right side. I thought he looked he looks really nice in the back row to me. I really like him as, as a second row forward. I'm just not sure if the Dewey Bateman thing is going to work. It's game one. I understand that. A lot more water to go under the bridge. But I just look at the way that they both play. They're both a little bit unorthodox. 
and the way that they both like to play and the both the way that they both like to get their good ball is very polarizing. So I've I've just got a lot of question marks about that combo. I think you might be better suited to have John playing as a lock forward through the middle and let him create things there, let him bounce off tackles and offload and whatnot. I'm just yeah, I don't know. I'm just a little bit hesitant. It is game one. I understand that. Uh, they probably haven't spent as much time training together as what they would have liked. I'm sure there will be improvement. But I have got a big question mark out of that little combo there. I'm not sure if they get the best out of each other. It'll be interesting to see what they do next week. Just wake him come into the side. Just Luke Brooks hold on to his spot. I thought Brooks, he did some really nice things in the back end of the game, which probably with 60 minutes to go, I thought, fuck, Brooks in some trouble to keep his spot here this week. I also thought that when Wakeham came on the field, he did some good things. I'm, I, I've always been a fan of Wakeham. You guys know that. I've always spoken reasonably highly of him. I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but I think he can hold his own in first grade. Whether he can hold his own in this team, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Uh, but I, I just, I mean, he gave him a bit of spark today. I don't think there's any denying that. Even if you don't like Wakeham, I don't think there's much denying that he gave him a little bit of spark. So... Oh, the Tigers. I don't know where they go from here. I think that they could be heading to... I said it earlier today in the podcast. I think that Easter Monday could be Parramatta versus the West Tigers where they're both 0-5. I hope I'm wrong. I hope one of these teams picks up a win before that, but I'm starting to get a little bit worried that that might be the reality for these two clubs. Just get the draw up to see who the Tigers play next week. Oh, they've got the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne. Holy fuck. Melbourne not going well. I understand that. I get that, but uh, still a pretty tough task. The week after that, they played the Broncos at Brisbane. I'm pretty confident the West Tigers uh, go into Easter Monday the record of 0-5, which uh, would be a bit of a kick in the dick for them. And I think Parramatta will too. So, oh, very, very interesting times for the West Tigers. But yeah, Canterbury, they'll be happy to get away with the win. It wasn't overly impressive, but they got it. I mean, in parts, it was super impressive. In others, it was a fucking train wreck. Um, so congratulations to Canterbury. Unlucky to you Tigers fans. But I mean, considering how poorly you played and how shit you looked for the vast majority of that game, you managed to hang in there. So, I mean... You can look at both teams, glass half full or glass half empty. It's up to you how you want to see it. I'm I'm a little bit lost as to how I see it, to be perfectly honest with you guys. Uh, let's move to the last game of the week. The Canberra Raiders winning at home against the Cronulla Sharks. We tipped the Raiders to win this one 1-12. We'll swallow up that $3.50. How good. Um, the Raiders. Very desperate in this game. Just managed to hang in there. Will Kennedy started well, scored a really classy try early. Still so underrated. Set up a try for Mulatalo later that was sensational. Jesse Raymond, I believe we tipped him for an anytime try scorer. He crossed, which was good to see, as did uh, Matty Timoko. Uh, fucking hell, he's a player, man, I'm telling you. There's something about that kid. I just Quite often you see guys come into first grade, they look impressive. Year two rolls around, they drop off a little bit. It looks to me like Matty Timoko has improved a lot. I am very, very excited about his future at the Canberra Raiders. Um, had a really good game today. I don't think they win today without him. I'm just going to get his stats up. And I think you need to also keep in mind that he was the one that made the poor defensive read that lost the game for the... Well, the, well, the, the, the so I shouldn't say lost the game for the Raiders. That conceded the last try for the Raiders last week against the Dolphins. You could see he was filthy with it. Bounces back this week. 19 runs for 185 metres, one line break, four tackle breaks, six tackles, zero missed. Um, unreal to see. Nah, I read the wrong stats. Sorry. Uh, 22 tackles made. He ran for, he had three tackle breaks. He had two line break assist, one line break, 
And Matty Timoko ran for 150 more, 54 metres off 15 runs. So his, uh, his stats are actually more impressive, and he scored the try, of course. So uh, Matty Timoko, the stats I did read out were pretty good too. That was Albert Hopawade. But uh, Matty Timoko, I, I love what he's doing at the moment. He looks very impressive. Sebastian Chris played fullback again. Um, fuck, he has a red-hot crack, but he just ain't a fullback, is he? He's in my supercoach draft side, so I'm more than happy for him to play fullback as long as he possibly can. But you can tell he's just not a one. I think it does stifle them a little bit, but they don't have a fullback in the side. Um, thought the halves were good. Jack White and Jamal Fogarty. Fuck, Fogarty got absolutely smashed at one point, didn't he? That shot that Britton Nicotero put on him was fucking huge. That looked brutal. Um, yeah, they lost Danny Levo early, so not everything went to plan. Joey Tapanay, uh, he's not having the huge offloads and whatnot. Only played 46 minutes in this game, but geez, his impact is good. 15 runs, 177 metres, 52 post contact. He had one tackle break, 38 tackles zero missed. I mean, he's just a workhorse, Joe Tapanay, and I, I sort of think towards the back end of the season, I think you'll see him play more and more minutes. Very exciting. Uh, but there was a front row forward that stole the show today, Corey Horsburgh. Two meat pies. Unbelievable. Uh, Ten hit-outs, 85 metres. Um, had two line breaks, two cracking tries there, so congratulations to Corey. Gets her a stack of work, very underappreciated. Another one that could be a little smoky origin bolter this year, and I think that this afternoon's game against a good pack like the Sharkies, I think he would have earned a lot of trust off Ricky Stewart. I'd be playing him at 13 personally. I don't like what they're doing at the moment with Elliot Whitehead. I don't think he's the answer at 13. I would rather Corey Horsburgh there personally. Good to see Tommy Starling play the whole game as well. I think he's underutilized at this club as well. 54 tackles uh, in a hot afternoon like that that he wasn't expecting to play huge minutes. A really, really good knock there. Two tries, two line breaks. Congratulations to Tommy Starling. Really good game. And he only, he only ran for 60 metres. For a guy that we consider to be an explosive running nine, he had a cracking game, and he didn't solely rely on his running game. Good defence, uh, good ball playing, great to see there. Uh, I think that just about does it for the Canberra Raiders. Well done to them hanging in the contest there. And it wasn't like Fogarty or Jack Wyden had these unbelievable standout games. It was just a typical Raiders game where they toil their way through it. Uh, Starling and Corey Horsburgh, obviously fantastic, but I just thought that everyone did their job and everyone was really solid. So congratulations to the Raids. Uh, I thought they'd win this game, uh, and I think that despite having probably less talent than the Sharkies, I think that's fair to say, typical Canberra Raiders, Ricky Stewart fashion, they just find a way to, to grind it out ugly. Jack White did his very best to lose the game in the back end. I'm not sure what the fuck he was doing all over the place in that moment, Jack, but uh, a good win by the Raids. Let's move over to the Sharkies. Um, yeah, we sort of already spoke about Will Kennedy. I thought he was very solid, very underrated. Um, Sifatalico, once again, 18 hit-ups, 167 metres. Uh, fuck, he's solid. A line break assist, six tackle breaks. Um, yeah, he, he had... 10 tackles, zero missed. He did He did come up with a pretty poor defensive play for one of the Raiders' tries. I think it was Matty Timoko's try. Uh, sort of left his, his 5-8 inside him, Matty Moylan, high and dry. But uh, outside of that, thought he was pretty good. Sivitalikai, Molotalo, bounced back with a nice little try as well. Great kick by Will Kennedy there. Um, yeah, look, I thought Toby Rudolph was solid for them as well through the middle. Just checking, he normally has a few errors in his game. Did he have any? Only one error we can cop that from uh, Toby Rudolph. Uh, yeah, look, oh, I thought Britton Nicotra, he was great as well. Some of his defense was fucking fantastic. Got to get through a lot of work too. 40 tackles. He had three missed to be fair, but 40 tackles in that sort of heat. Wilton, he was sensational. Uh, 41 tackles, two missed. 
Uh, what have we have? Uh, heap of touches there, 15 odd touches. What did he run for? 103, no, 176 run meters off 17 runs. So very nice from Wilton. 62 post contact without a line break or anything. Very, very impressive. Scored very well in Supercoach too from memory. 68. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What a knock. 68 without a try Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Love to see that from Wilton. Fantastic. Um, Royce Hunt obviously got Simbin in this one. Corey Horsburgh got under his skin a little bit, which um, is tough to go down to Canberra when you lose you know, a player in the Simbin. And probably the worst timing as well, 51st minute. Very, very tough. I know they scored when he was off the field, uh, but that's very tough timing with about 30 minutes to go to lose a player in that sort of heat. Makes life very, very difficult. 12-10 at halftime and end up being 24-20 to 20 the way of the Canberra Raiders. Uh, I thought that once again, Braden Trindle, fuck, he had some nice touches, especially down that edge. The try that uh, Nicodera scored, fuck, he runs a nice line, and Jesse Ramian, same thing. So, um, not panic stations for the Sharkies. Uh, I just think they came up against a real desperate side at home uh, that was willing to just hang in the contest to win. So, uh, going to Canberra when they're desperate is always a tough gig. That's why we took them this week. Not panic stations for the Sharkies by any means. Uh, hopefully, they get Nico Hines back next week. I'm still very skeptical on whether he does return or not, but he said he will, so so we'll take Nico at his word. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think it's panic stations of the Sharkies and the Raiders. They'll just be more than happy to get on the board considering all the guys they're missing and the injuries to Danny Levi and whatnot. Uh, they will take that every day of the week.